This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Well, no, we're not done talking about it yet because the global chip shortage that's crippling car production is going from bad to worse. Most of those chips are made in Taiwan, and now it's suffering through a severe drought. Chip production is really water intensive, so the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, the world's largest chip maker, is ordering water by the truckload to keep its plants running. TSMC says production hasn't been impacted yet, but some automakers have had to cut production. And the problem isn't going away anytime soon. That drought will last for several more months, so Taiwan is preparing for the worst. The U.S. Postal Service finally announced who won the contract for its next-gen mail trucks. Oshkosh Defense won the 10-year contract, which could be worth more than $6 billion as it builds somewhere between 50,000 and 165,000 trucks. The right-hand steer vehicles will have either ICE or BEV powertrains, more cargo space, as well as new safety and convenience features. Mail carriers will be thrilled to learn it has air conditioning. You may remember that Oshkosh teamed up with Ford for its initial proposal to the USPS using a prototype based on the transit van. Ford declined to comment about the deal, and Oshkosh declined to say if Ford has any role in the contract. If Ford was involved, it would probably be bragging about it. Oshkosh Defense's president told Reuters, The new mail truck is, quote, not a Ford Transit, but is a purpose-built vehicle. While this is great news for Oshkosh, Workhorse, one of the other finalists that competed against Oshkosh for the contract, saw its shares drop as much as 50% yesterday. When Henrik Fisker was on Autoline After Hours, he told us he was very interested in making electric cars in China. And now he's probably going to do it. Yesterday, he signed up with Foxconn, the world's largest contract manufacturer, which makes most of Apple's products. Foxconn will build 250,000 EVs a year. Fisker will export around the world. Though they didn't say the cars would be made in China, we predict that's exactly where they'll be made. Foxconn says it will leverage its supply chain to develop the motor, inverter, and battery. Production is expected to start at the end of 2023. Foxconn is also going to lend its expertise for information and communication technology, and no doubt it learned a thing or two about this making iPhones for Apple. Fisker is following a strategy that analysts call asset light. Instead of building its own manufacturing facilities, it's contracting Foxconn and Magna to assemble its vehicles. It's a clever strategy, and no one else is doing it. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry.
We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Porsche is now testing the Cross Turismo version of the Taycan, which is launching in Europe this summer. There's not a whole lot of details to go on, but the car features a completely new roofline, which has been raised, it added more space in the second row, and gave it a bigger trunk. Kinda looks like a Panamera version of the Taycan to us. Porsche engineers also raised the ride height and optimized the suspension setup so the vehicle can handle light off-roading and on gravel roads. By spinning off models on the same platform, Porsche will be able to save a ton of money and boost profit margins. So it wouldn't shock us to see a coupe in cabriolet as well. We've got specs for the North American version of the Kia Carnival, which replaces the Sedona. All models come with a 290-horsepower, 3.5-liter V6 mated to an 8-speed automatic that drives the front wheels. The setup returns a towing capacity of 3,500 pounds. You know, we live in a glorious age when minivans come with almost 300 horsepower. The interior features digital display screens and the option for flexible seating for 7 or 8 passengers. The Carnival goes on sale in the second quarter of this year. Mitsubishi improved the plug-in hybrid version of the Outlander for 2021. Combined system power is up 31 horsepower to 221, thanks to a new, more efficient 2.4-liter four-cylinder engine that makes 126 horsepower and a 70-kilowatt rear electric motor, which replaces a 60-kilowatt unit. The battery pack also grows from 12-kilowatt-hours to 13.8, and that bumps range up by two miles to a total of 24. Finally, a software improvement better syncs up the battery and engine, and Mitsubishi added sport and snow drive modes. Despite all the new content, the starting price remains the same at $37,490, including destination charges. It also qualifies for a slightly larger federal tax credit thanks to that slightly larger battery pack. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by BorgWarner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. Without Trevor Milton at the helm spewing out bold and sometimes misleading claims, Nikola seems to be getting back to reality. It says the first fuel cell version of its big trucks, which uses GM technology, will start being produced in the second half of 2023. Called the Trey FCEV Cabover, it uses the platform from the battery electric version of the Trey, but is estimated to have a range of 500 miles. In late 2024, Nikola plans to start producing the 2FCEV Sleeper, a long-haul truck with up to 900 miles of range, which is based on a new chassis developed with North America in mind. It hopes to start on-road prototype trials of the fuel cell tray early next year. 
How do you manage to stay on as the chairman of a car company when you're 91 years old? Well, it sure helps if the company name is your family name. Suzuki's 91-year-old chairman, Osamu Suzuki, will retire in June and hand over the reins to his son, Tashihiro Suzuki, who is already president and CEO. Old man Suzuki joined the company in 1958, became president in 1978, and was named chairman in 2000. However, he's not going away completely. He's still going to be a senior advisor. Well, here's another collaboration between two companies that are doing it to free up more cash to pay for future tech. Daimler Truck is forming a partnership with Cummins to make engines for medium-duty applications. Cummins will build an engine plant at an existing Mercedes-Benz facility in Germany where it will make engines that comply with upcoming Euro 7 standards, which would have otherwise required considerable investment from Daimler. The two companies are also looking at other areas to collaborate. But it's a little surprising to see Daimler go with Cummins, since it already owns Detroit, formerly Detroit Diesel, which makes engines for its heavy-duty trucks. Every auto show in the world was disrupted by the pandemic, and no one is certain if they'll ever go back to being what they were. We'll get into that tomorrow on AutoLine After Hours, when our guest will be Doug North, the 2021 chairman of the Detroit Auto Dealers Association. They're not doing the Detroit Auto Show this year. Instead, they're doing an outdoors event called Motorbella at the M1 Concourse, a private motor club north of Detroit with its own racetrack. So join John and Gary to learn more about the future of auto shows. And that wraps up this report for today. Thanks for watching.